This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Swindon Town. Joe, I bailed on you again. I'm so sorry, but didn't JR do well? Yes, he's a he's an excellent stand-in, sort of a Lewis Ward figure from last season. Without there when you need him with a big performance, but it's always nice when your Wi-Fi is actually working. Yeah, that's, that's, what I, that's what I said about Lewis Ward during the penalty shootout. Good save, but how's his Wi-Fi? <laughs> uh, <laughs> seemingly not as good as his penalty-saving ability. Oh, it was lovely. I, I do enjoy listening to the presser when I'm not involved, I must say. JR puts a lovely amount of work into it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's nice when someone actually works on the introduction a little bit. No shade. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the shade. I'll stand in the shade and I'll cool down in that shade. Um, what's been going on in the world of Acklam? I'm pretty sure I saw your dad uh, at the game on Tuesday. Yeah, I think, well, I don't think I know he was there because he got angry at me because I have to leave quite late. I think I got out about 10, uh, probably, no, sorry, not 10, probably about like half 10, 11. So he was not best pleased when I was leaving, but what's he going to do about it? I have to stick around. They've got Wi-Fi there. It's always good fun. But yeah, a couple of busy, frantic days. I had um, my, my website for my other job weren't working yesterday, so that was an interesting time, but we got through it now. And Swindon Town won a football match. I know it's it was incredibly surprising. It was a really strange feeling. I was I'd watched a Swindon match. I wasn't filled with hate. It was, it was a remarkably reasonable performance from Swindon against a team that I think everyone was pretty convinced would batter us. I think the masses 
told the club that they were convinced that Bradford will win that game looking at the uh, attendance that night. You had premium view of the county ground from where you're based. Pretty sparse. Yeah, I think usually before kickoff, I'm really I'm looking, it's going to have to be a late run here, but that late run never really came. You kind of, Don Rogers and Town look, look, look ever emptier from from that view up in the press box. And I imagine, I mean, potentially some comeback for Stephen after we actually managed to win a game. But, you know, uh, it was it was um, the, the real diehards that were rewarded with a, an actual Swindon win. <laughs> oh, and it was nice, wasn't it? Um, you get the final say on Swindon Town 1, Bradford City 0. Feel free to speak your brains. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it kind of felt went the way that Jody Morris hoped it would do, which is, I guess, a good thing for Manchester. Where we had that performance against Barrow, which was a bit dull, but a bit of a confidence builder. Then we did similar in the first half. And then second half, we were, frankly, brilliant against a Bradford side that did look like they tired somewhat. But, you know, we, we kept the ball really well, created the chances, and eventually Johnny Williams, who'd really put that shift in all night, just looked like he wanted that goal desperately. And we got that goal that you and I have been looking for for a little while to get both him and Hutton into double figures. So happy about that. And your research on Hutton suggests we might get a few quid for him in the summer <laughs> if he has to go. Yeah, I was <laughs> got got a message off Sandra. It's like, can you put our <laughs> tweet so we can sell him for a bit more? I was I was just I was actually looking to see where he where he would rank. I think he would probably be like fifth or something um, in the league for defenders. But no, top top of the assist charts in the entirety of English professional football for defenders, which is quite some feat for a man that Johnny Leafield described in during the match as on a bit of a downer at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And every time I want to speak about this game in a positive way, I talk about the crowd being <laughs> subpar and, and and all that sort of stuff. But I must say I was I was super, super happy post game, except when I realized my train was about 12 minutes from leaving when I left the county ground because of all that injury time and I had to do a gentle jog which did me no harm but as somebody who's had a some sort of chest infection for the last week it's put me back a few days yeah it's not the best I, I know the feel I've left a few press conferences when I was like I'm, I don't want to wait another half hour for a train or something I have to run up the road to try and get up get there in time but it's a good feeling when you finally make that make it onto that seat. I did make that train, but it was a grim, grim sight for all concerned. Uh, <laughs> oh well, okay. Let's let's talk about the press and let's stick with Bradford because, of course, Jody Morris was asked about Bradford City and that that wonderful win. But he sounds pretty grounded about the whole thing. Yeah, he's he's always kind of on this. When Swindon do something good, he says, "Well, we could do more." When Swindon do something bad, he's like, "I thought we did okay." Um, but very much the never get too moniker of never get too high, never get too low. He, he sticks to very committedly, and you have to credit him for that, I suppose. Um, he was obviously quite pleased to get rid of that nine match winning run, which um, was a, a fun shift for on my end, having for switching between first win in ten matches and end the nine match winless run um, for a bit of variety, but. Yeah, he, he liked he liked how Swin again played a, a which Ed Brand talked about as well post match. I think that was the first time any of us have spoken to Ed Brand. But um, the way Swindon went toe to toe with a side right at the top of the division, obviously it ended up with Leighton Orient getting promoted um, as high as Bradford were. So 
Uh, he was he was pleased that they could do that and how they sort of matched that different approach that we talked about um, on the press beforehand, the way Barrow would sort of drop off a bit and Bradford really in that first half were pushing very high and Swindon managed to deal with both of those styles of defending quite well. And obviously they were pleased with, with another clean sheet that they got in the bag. Seems like the defensive woes are a little bit over, Q conceding quite a few to Wimbledon. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he, no. he's still... Um, Still looking for more in midfield and at the and up the top end of the pitch. He, you know, I think he he was right. There were a few times, certainly first half, where Cashley and Khan were probably a little bit loose in possession when Swindon were working out from the back and created a few problems. But and you know, there's there's still more work to be done in the attacking third because we only scored the one goal. But um, he was certainly pleased that <laughs> just to get that monkey off the back. How did you find Ed Brand? It was it was interesting. It sort of came out of nowhere. I, I said in the in the press room, it was a bit like a reverse Sheridan situation where he would refuse to come out after defeats, which meant he very rarely spoke to the press. And Morris now refusing to come out after victories. But that was always nice to speak to Ed Brown, get a little bit of an insight um, from the bit everyone would have heard on BBC Wiltshire. He seemed you know, a bit of a, uh, obviously in good moods because Twindon had got a good result. And you know, he, he speaks a bit like Morris in terms of the, the length and um, a slight lack of content in his answers, but it was nice to be able to speak to someone who was almost a mythical creature for quite a while at Swindon. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he seems to be designated handshaker of officials post-game. That's one thing I've noticed where Morris tends to sort of dip out, but Brand is there in the middle of the pitch uh, shaking everyone's hand. Yeah, he's, he's maybe the, he's the nice cop on match day, I guess, because you'll always see um, Jody Morris yelling at officials and stuff. Remember him sort of yelling at the linesman after we didn't get the penalty against Barrow for quite a while. So maybe he, he just likes to keep up the pretense whenever he's on the grass. And Ed Brand can be the nice man and say, "Oh, once with the Swindon coaching staff, nice." Even if Jody Morris wasn't. Okay, then. So attention now turns to the weekend and uh, an away day. I would have loved to have done. I just couldn't justify it financially when we're on the beach. More about that phrase a little bit later on but it's Johnny Jackson ex-Swindon Town led well it can't be an ex-legend but uh, a very <laughs> very highly thought of loney I've ruined that um, and also one of Sam Parkin's best mates isn't he Johnny Jackson we'll be hoping to stitch him right up over the weekends they've had a bit of a wretched season really a, a decent-ish early start then it all went wrong uh, then a lovely middle they like the cold weather, it would appear, because up until between October, late October and mid-January, they, they only lost one game. And then they have fallen off a cliff. And the difference between maybe us and them over the last 10, 11 games or so is that they haven't been drawing many. They have been losing a lot of football between mid or late Feb. Um, they've only won one and drawn two. The rest they've lost, and that's must be closing in on eight or nine games. So a really tough time for Wimbledon at the moment. Yeah, I think losing Ayu Basal has really not helped them at all. I remember watching them on the first day of the season and thinking, this lot aren't great, even if they beat Gillingham that day. And so that is, so it has proved. But um, Morris, not one to be put off by the run. I think um, Andrew Hall said it was one win in 16 that they've had. So <laughs> even worse than ours, just about. Um, so he, he was... But obviously, Swindon aren't ones to be looking at the team that the run oppositions are on because there still isn't particularly good, even if it, the actual um, consecutives is over. 
Um, he's, he's talked about obviously not preparing the changing their preparation for a team if they were playing well or if they were playing badly. Um, just because Wimbledon you are on this run, they're still going to train the same way and keep up that sort of Swindon first approach. And he was sort of very much looking to finally get that bit of consistency after two more positive results against promotion chases. A, a fellow Beecher side in Wimbledon, he wants to sort of see if he can put a third result onto that string and maybe look to finish the season a bit more strong than it was looking like it would be three days ago. Yeah, in the last five games, uh, starting with the one furthest back, they beat Walsall um, at the Cherry Red Record Stadium. Uh, then they lost at home to Rochdale, drew away at Harrogate 2-2, then that extraordinary conclusion at home against Salford, where they lost 3-2, conceding two goals in injury time, having conceded and saving a penalty before those two goals were scored, and they lost uh, against Stevenage most recently uh, last Saturday, 2-1, which is no major disgrace, really. So... Yeah, it's all gone a little bit wrong this season for them, but I don't know what their targets are, to be honest, but it's a great opportunity for Swindon to try and get past that points total from 83-84. I have no idea whether Swindon Town have that in mind. I have no idea if the, the core of the fan base have that in mind, but we and the low strangers are sort of obsessing over that, and it's because... I don't want us to beat that record. You don't want to be. You don't want this team to be a record record breaking side. I do not, Joe. No, thank you. <laughs> well, I always, I always look at the Premier League records and like that we're at least on the list. So it's you know, it's it's something. If you're not going to win a trophy or do well, you know, get get a negative record. Do it. It'd be funny. <laughs> so let's, let's let's focus on a bit of Swindon ahead of this game. What's the uh, what's the injury situation? Um, the injury situation is largely the same as it was uh, head coming into the Bradford game. Obviously, Tomlinson largely looking like he's out for the season. The possibility of maybe playing against Crawley. They're still assessing McEachran. There's, it sounded before before Bradford again like he might be able to be back for the weekend. And they're just uh, looking to see how he is. And Blake Tracy has been re-added to the list after obviously he'd been carrying a bit of a toe injury in recent weeks, but playing through it. Um, apparently, he'd felt um, fatigue in his quad during the end of the game and that was sort of and they sort of just diagnosed it as being slightly worse than fatigue on the night so they weren't in uh, the day before and they're going to check and see how he is when he actually comes into the building hopefully he'll be fine and ready to go because it would be pretty typical if Finden finally found some defensive balance and then it all got chucked out the window again yeah that would be Unfortunate, but like I sort of alluded to in the last episode I did, I don't really care. You know, it's nice that we're finding this balance just to see out the season and more than appreciate that a good run-in might make an impact to season ticket sales. But I'm just I'm just looking forward to the season ending now. I'm not miserable about it. It's done. It's over. We'll give it a good old-fashioned blasting on the end-of-season review. But right now, someone will come in. They'll do their best, I'm sure. And we'll then look to Stevenage. Yeah, I think that's a pretty practical view of it. Also, it could mean some some much needed time for Marcel Lavinia, who's probably gone on mm. a little bit, <laughs> not getting the amount of appearances his actual performance levels have deserved so far this season. So you would you would expect to be the natural man through the door if Blake Tracy isn't available to play. I take full responsibility for that because I 
100% expected him to be one of the key figures in the tail end of this season. And, well, he's not even played. No, he always looks like he's going to do it. I've, certainly, I remember him coming in and looking really good. He gets that injury against Sutton. Then Hutton comes through like a like a train and he can't get back in ahead of him. Then he plays really well at the New Year's and then players come back for fitness and he's out of the team again. So he's just always got that little bit of a lack of luck about him that this season, which means he's not got into the team. Hopefully, maybe he gets a little bit more play next year because he's a really good player. Yeah, and and of course, thinking about the game, it'll be good for the fans to have a, a, a nice, balanced performance because we're taking a lot of people to this game and it, it would be nice that we, we put on a bit of a show for the 1,000-plus that are going. Yeah, we, I mean, some real dedication. I imagine most of them probably booked the tickets before Swindon were... I mean, we are now mathematically out, but all but out of... Um, playoff contention but yeah I mean that's that's a lot of people who deserve at least some level of performance against a team who don't look like they should be up to much in the game. Big day out for the London Reds. Yeah that group chat will be popping off on the day you'd imagine. Everybody wants to know what that group chat is all about. We all dream might even move to London just to see if I can worm my way in. I never got added when I was in London. Oh, no. Did you ask? Oh, I didn't. I, I just assumed it would happen by osmosis. I, I really hope that, that it just emerges. Like, that alert on your phone is like, you are a Swindon <laughs> fan in London. Please join this group. <laughs> oh, that would be good. What did Jody Morris have to say about the game ahead against Wimbledon? Yeah, he was, again, it's sort of all on that sort of looking where both sides don't really have too much to play for, but Swindon really looking to build that consistency, the consistency that you don't care about, but I think in his role, uh, he probably does and should. Um, so <laughs> trying to put a few more results back into back, Swindon could get a third clean sheet. That would be frankly remarkable. I haven't looked into it, but you'd expect that we haven't done that so far this season. So to, to try and put another performance in at the back like that and show that maybe something is more permanent. And then again, against a side that are lacking in confidence and for as much as Swindon are, um, Wimbledon will be getting a bit frantic towards the end of matches as well. So hopefully try and put a few more goals past someone just to build that a little bit and not in a sort of Rochdale way where you also concede loads <laughs> would be quite useful and certainly what Morris is looking to do in this game. Yeah, you say that in terms of how many consecutive clean sheets in a row we've had, but in terms of the season itself, Solbrin's actually kept quite a few clean sheets, including against Wimbledon in the home game. Yeah, there's Wimbledon home game is in that early patch for after the Mansfield game, wasn't it, where we weren't where we were sort of playing quite average football and still getting draws and stuff and I think it was around crew as well. But it was an incredibly dull game as I recall, as you would expect of a map. <laughs> so hopefully it'll be slightly more entertaining this time. But I mean, I think Brin has put in so many great performances, you would expect him to be getting a decent number, even if Swindon haven't defended that well overall. How many do you think he's got? It's always tough to... I remember when you did the pre-season preview with um, Ben Wills and he had absolutely no idea what number of clean sheets people would normally get. (laughs) Just trying to think where the bar would be. I'm going to guess 11. A little bit more. It's about 13 oh, on a, a quick count. That's so a good, a good number. Yeah, it's a good number. It's a good number. It's 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 more than Jojo got, but he played less games, but not as many as you'll, you'll be surprised to hear as Wallacott and Ward 
combined. But um, considering where we are in the season, we've had a splendid effort um, in what will be, I, I'm sure Middlesbrough are over the moon with this loan spell. Yeah, I imagine he's, he's added so much value to him because presumably, that I mean, they look like they should go up to the Premier League through the playoffs. They're probably the best team that won't go up automatically. So you'd expect them to either be playing Premier League or again challenging at the top of of the championship. So they probably won't be have any recourse for Solbrin in their first team. But a, a goalkeeper who's had this, a statistically in, in, incredibly impressive season like Solbrin, because I don't know if he's still up there, but he was well clear for sort of XG prevented for a while in League Two and obviously a good number of clean sheets and a bad team. So they, they, if they are going to sell him, he'd probably go for a decent whack right about now. Yeah. In in my head, I'm just assuming next year, Lewis Ward will be our number one with Connor Bran as number two. Johnny Morris was asked about the Lewis Ward situation and it was very non-committal. Yeah, he, he very much didn't go one way or the other. He spoke very highly of Lewis Ward as a person, but stopped incredibly short of guaranteeing him a place in the team next season, which, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I obviously... Lewis Ward will know more than what gets said in a press conference about what Swindon are planning to do. But he is, he's been around this club for three months now with, with no contract. He's trained every day. If he doesn't get a deal out of this, that's the the biggest tease ever. I think he's essentially been catfished into giving his free labour. Um, uh, or, he, or he's been trying to win a, a gig and he doesn't want to d- dip into non-league. Yeah, I mean, he could always have tried that, I suppose, but whatever skullduggery Sutton have managed to conjure up to stop teams from signing him as as many he's just not doing anything. But he st- Morris certainly went down the route of, well, you know, and this was kind of the major theme of the press conference. Uh, we are still working out exactly what we plan to do and where we are budget-wise. And we're speaking with Milton Hall about what he wants um, as a goalkeeper situation. So there was definitely nothing like, oh yeah, Lewis Ward will be part of our squad next season or anything like that. It was, he is still here, but we'll see if he will be come July, August time. Yeah, I like my goalkeepers to be amongst the mainstay sort of positions. Like It's been four years since Lawrence Vigarou left and he's our last mainstay goalkeeper that we've had where he's gone into every season as the number one he's not finished every season he didn't finish every season as number one but he at least started them and he had what three four seasons with us all the others have been bit parts and loans um i think it's key that we lock down that position and if we're going to use loans we use them elsewhere yeah i mean it'd be, it'd be nice to but we've also had pretty good success with one season notwithstanding with with the one year stopgap guy with obviously Stephen bender was fantastic and then we have the the magnificent, magnificent seven season. They'll come back down again. You had the Jojo Wallacott, Lewis Ward, uh, Axis as your goalkeeping pair. And they did really well. And then Solbrin again this season. So, I mean, what it would be nice to have a long-term plan in goal, but it feels like the short-term ones have actually gone pretty well for Swindon, whatever way they want to play it. So I, I guess I'm just going to say, I'll trust whatever Steve Milton all wants to do. Yeah, Kovash been playing this season at Sparta Prague. He's a he's an established under twenty one international for the Czech Republic. It's going all right for him, despite those early days. I believe I heard he's about to win the league as well, Kovash. So he's having an incredible oh. season. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. He was he clearly had potential. It was just it just wasn't the right time. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, I think 
no goalkeeper, as we saw, because we tried enough of them, was going to look particularly good in that team. And he's just a little bit under physically developed at that point, I think. But he was he was okay. Shot stopped fairly well. Good distribution. But yeah, I, I think a bit like we're seeing a little bit with Dylan Kadji at the moment. There's, there's a good player in there, but he's just not quite, he wasn't ready when we had him. Yeah, I think Stevenage have hit seven this year as well in, in the goalkeeper stakes. So I don't know who will end up on Tuesday, but it's good to see that little habit rising. Sparta, Prague certainly are top of the league at the moment. It's not a foregone conclusion. Slavia right on their backs. But um, good luck to him on that front. So we were talking about the squad there. What is Jody Morris's vision for the squad? Well, again, he's he's not going to tell us specifically what his vision is, but um, very much the sort of fairly cryptic. Although we we know what the answer actually means. Of you know, I've I've got my views on it, and I've I've told them what my views are. It's up to them really to try and <laughs> to actually sort that out. Um, he said he wants more balance tactically, which basically means nothing um and experience wise which again is i, I mean you, you'd be tough pushed to find a single person who's thinking actually i don't think we need more balance experience um way so that will obviously be a major theme of the summer with them doing that but again he was he was just sort of saying well i've, I've told them what i what i need them to get so um go do it for me please yeah. And one more question that Judy Morris was asked, and then we'll go to the Joe zone. Character. He's asked about character. What is character? Yeah, well, it was talking about the, the sort of balance of characters in his squad, if he sort of needed, because there was a big discussion about um, what what how you do your due diligence on players and um, talking to other people. So are you looking for specific types of characters? And things, and he basically said, "You want obviously as many good, good as many good characters as you want." But he doesn't. He said he we didn't mind a selfish player. He doesn't mind sort of a striker who's who's trying to do as well as they can, um, so they can get a move elsewhere, score score all the goals, or do all those kinds of things. He doesn't mind someone who's doing that as long as that their way of doing that involves being a good teammate and you know, have, if and getting that, um, you know helping the team and using that as the platform to go and get those goals or get them that move or, or what have you. So, you know, he doesn't mind when the players get their motor running to get that motivation, but he certainly wants them to be driving it in the right direction um, for <laughs> for the group because, you know, it, obviously you want a, a bulk of players who are good team characters, but he certainly feels like you can have a, have a few maverick thrown into the bunch who were who were doing it for themselves but but in a more productive manner that's fair that's fair enough good lovely okay well let's go to the joe zone um with those two clean sheets obviously it's come with the partnership of brewitt and clayton do you feel like you've finally found that defensive alchemy that's provided you that platform to go and do that now um no i'll, I'll say i'm really pleased about the last two games have gone um, particularly from those two. Uh, yeah, really pleased with the pair of them. I think Brewer's had two extremely good games and, and, and Tom's done really well um, next to him. But again, it needs to be a lot more than two good games uh, to start thinking that, oh, right, that's, that's where we're at. But it's certainly a place to start and it's certainly better than where we was at for the previous few games. So, um they need to take confidence from that, but um, maintain those type of levels because we're certainly a better team when 
tenor arse going and winning headers um, job to the levels that them two are capable of doing here and they've done that in the last two games um, granted there's been for Fraser was really good the other day as well at, at left back there was a couple of last ditch blocks which aiming from from everybody in the back four and uh, everyone needs to be at it but um, yeah I mean I've been really pleased with us defensively um, just purely because I, I think that they're capable of performing to those levels and it's not always been the case this year so um, certainly pleased with it and, and it's certainly something that um, if selected they need to be looking to build on Yeah and then I think Bruett said after Tranmere that there'd been discussions about him staying next year where are you with him and next season? Yeah similar um, I think that there's a case for for Tom to yeah for sure, um, another one taking his opportunity. To be fair, as a free agent, obviously not really sure type of options he had in this country. I think all that he had was abroad. So at the moment, he's certainly putting himself in a position where he's um, looking like he's taking his opportunity and he's giving himself the best chance to be here next year. And uh, I think as testament to his his character and how, how hard he's worked to try and force his way in his team. And then certainly the last couple of performances is performed at a, a, a level that I hope he continues. So is he the same as the others where you haven't really worked on a deal yet, but you're still weighing your options up? No, I think that there's, I think there's something in place there for Brewitt. If it's, if it, I think it's already been discussed um, about him. If he played a certain amount of games, I think he's, He's automatically going to get another year, and at the moment it looks like he's close to hitting that number of games. So, all right, that's all for me. Cheers, Jody. Cheers, cheers, lads. Okay, so the Clayton Brewitt double axes and Brewitt's future. Interesting there. He must be one game. You wouldn't think there would be an eleven-game trigger or twelve. It's got to be a ten, hasn't it? Yeah, especially when he came in. I think ten would be what you expect. Possibly fifteen, but. I, I think he was never going to trigger that. It would be sort of like a Tottenham, Everton, Deli Alley clauses where they put in a, a number of games that he couldn't actually reach for Tom Brewer. So you would expect it would be 10 and he will very much trigger that very quickly. Um, and I think you know, every every time I watch Tom Brewer, I'm like, fair enough. Actually, I think you, you probably do. You are worth sticking around for next season because he has come in and done very well for, for Swindon. Um, Morris saying he didn't really have any offers in England um, because of the fact he'd gone and played in America for quite a while but this the chance came from him in very strange circumstances and he's he's very very much taken it yeah yeah I'm not a huge fan um, but that doesn't mean I can't be won over after the season you know I mean he's playing well in nothing games at the moment so you know that can that 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 can be a factor. Um, I'm being very harsh here to try and prove a point, but over the summer, if he's still here and he's given a, a full summer with Jody Morris and his coaching staff, and he starts the new season, then let's see, let's see, win me over, Tom Brewitt. But I, I thought he was 
very good in the second half. I didn't think he had a good first half, but all that matters is what happened in the second and all the other stuff gets forgotten about, doesn't it? But um, I don't envisage him having the, the, the most wretched of Saturdays ahead. God, he's going to score an own goal, isn't he? Uh, Josh <laughs> but... Davidson's going to run him absolutely ragged. <laughs> exactly. It's going to happen, isn't it? Um, but no, Clayton Brewitt is working and I, I just think it's back to basics. I think they're just playing players in their in their favoured positions and lo and behold, it's working. Yeah, so so if you are listening, Tom Brewitt, that's the gauntlet thrown down. Rich is the man you need to be impressing. Yeah, um, and please don't hurt me, Tom. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, this is why this podcast was born doing ex-player interviews, you know. It, it didn't involve me saying he's rubbish and then me like trying to talk to them five years later going, yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? It's like, no, I listened to your podcast. I know uh, what you said. Yeah, I know what I said too. Oh, boy. Um, are we on the beach? Well, uh, Jody Morris would like to say no um, because he's, he's still trying... He, so that you know, when, whenever you put on a Swindon shirt, you've got to be looking to win the game. Um, kind of talked about his own. He said this a few times, I think, where it's like, well, I was, I was, I was in my playing days, and all these people around me were like, when, when, when are you off to Marbella or something? You're not really trying that much, and he was, he was still amped up to get out there and snap ankles. But uh, and he's, <laughs> he's wanting his, obviously wanting his Swindon players to do the same, and um, as he's maintained for quite a few weeks now. Uh, Swindon haven't nearly played well enough to be on the beach now, so they need to actually put in a bit of form to show what they can do, and then take that into the summer. And they're still they're still trying to work on things and build on things. So uh, the short answer in his in his mind, they're not on the beach. Um, I would argue a couple of the players might say differently. Yeah, tell me who are those players? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a list, <laughs> uh, and now uh, I'm. Um, yeah, I've, to be fair, they they did show that that big spirit as I as I quipped on Twitter. Uh, they all heard what happened to Adeloy and went, "Okay, I better try now." But yeah, I think they wouldn't tell us. But I think a lot of the players won't be quite as switched on as they would be if Swindon were making a run at the playoffs right now. Yeah, one person that didn't look like he was on the beach, despite having very little going for him, unless he's got scouts watching him, was Luke Jeffcott. I didn't mention it in the last pod. It was it was in my notes and it went. I thought he worked really hard on Tuesday night with little reward, but it was it was nice to see. Yeah, I felt a bit bad for him, to be honest, because I thought, and I said this to him after the game because we interviewed him, I felt he, he dropped off really nicely, linked play, kept Swindon moving quite well, and then whenever the ball got in the box, he was just sort of, one, if he was one yard foot closer to the goal, he would have got in there, and then Harry Lewis made the good save from him as well. So it was a, it was a little bit hard, what, hard watch to see him pl- sort of play that well and then have to go and miss all those chances in the way that he did. But I, you know, for, for someone who essentially has no reason to be trying for Swindon whatsoever, he did, as you say, really put in a good, good shift out there. Let's talk about contracts because there's something from your live blog that's really gathered a little bit of pace across social media. Was Jody Morris's answer to the contract situation? Tell me that. It's it's wording, or was this was this very much direct quotes? Because I'll, I'll read out what you what you've typed. Uh, Jody Morris on contracts. There are conversations that need to be going on, but they haven't started yet. For me, there are quite a few things that need to be discussed at the football club to see what we can do and what the budgets are. Yeah, I would like to be able to say that wording I was a bit behind, but that isn't really true. Um, I obviously I have put out the full 
set of quotes already um, as an article, but I've seen, I've seen this screenshot quite a few times. And I have to say, li- listening to it live, I had the exact same reaction. I was like, wait, 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 we're not even talking to them yet. What, what are we doing? Um, you know, it, because essentially we've heard that like two months ago from Johnny Williams. I'm like, well, it's probably still early. I think late April, you should probably be at least in primary discussion or something that you could say is happening with these players. It is. It was a very concerning thing to hear, I think, especially a co- combined with something other, something else he said that I thought was rather pointed when he said he, um, ha- he's given his opinions um, on what, what needs to happen in the playing squad and in everything else at the club, to be honest. It was like, okay, this is this is back to Jody Morris of of the first month of his reign where he's sounding quite irked by some goings on at Swindon Town. Mm. Yeah, and we can't prove that. It's it's just Jody Morris replying to it. But it's all the stuff you don't want to hear, really, given the way things have gone previously. And once upon a time I would have said I want the New Year's party hats to still be on the living room floor when you're starting to talk to agents about new deals. Now I'm pretty much like maybe after January, once all that business is out the way. So I'm saying February, you should be sort of paving the way to say, we want to keep this player. Um, What's it going to take? And then it's up to the agent to be like, well, to answer or not, but to start, to have not started properly on the 20th of April when the season finishes in just a couple of weeks when players do start disappearing, turning their phones off when there are contracts to be offered. It just seems very, very naive and a little bit worrying. Um, I know there's not many um, out of contract completely this this summer um, and maybe it is a case that they all go, but uh, it's just... I don't know. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, I think possibly you would obviously like these things to happen as early as possible. Uh, none of us work in football, so don't necessarily know when the discussions start. You would expect it to be by now. But I think there are a few. The I've got a list of players who are out of contract here. It's just Copland, Baudry, Brewitt, who we now know is essentially going to stay. Harry's, Minturn, Williams, Dabra, McEachran, Khan, Austin, Hepburn, Murphy, Parsons, Calmeadow and Morgan Roberts. I think the players you are going to want to extend in there, Charlie Austin was always going to make his own decision. So I think he kind of has to come to Swindon with that one with, does he want to play here again? That's he, He's kind of extending our contract more than anything else. Um, Russian Hepburn Murphy was injured for a lot of the first half of the season. So he probably needs to prove himself down the back half. Now I would argue he probably did that at least three weeks ago that you want to keep him around. But I think that one probably had to wait a bit longer. Um, I would have liked news on Saidu Khan, certainly, um, who, as far as I can tell, is out of contract this summer because nowhere else does it, other than transfermarkt, what his contract length is, but because um, it wasn't in the initial announcement. But uh, if he is indeed out of contract, like I believe he is, um, I would have liked some work on that. But it, it certainly feels like we should have started by now. You know, in the last two weeks, they definitely should have been asking people about these things. It, it definitely feels like we're a bit slow. Um, from a layman's perspective. Yeah, my assumption was that Saidu Khan was contracted for next season as well, but I don't know where I saw that. Fingers crossed um, he is. Again, I don't think it's the end of the world if he was to move on, but um, I am 
liking the idea more and more of, of some sort of stability. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out what some of these issues could be. What is very, very Swindon Town this year? It's felt like we've known some. Sometimes it's 20% of a story. Sometimes it's a bit more. Sometimes it's almost the whole lot. But we just don't get that final detail. So we can't grab our pitchforks. Uh, we just we just make an assumption and just end up hating that one person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just, we're just lighting the torches. The pitchfork is still sheathed, though. Um, yeah, I think may- maybe with footballers at this level, there's a lot of a you let them go on holiday and then see them when they come back, potentially. I, w- I would hope it would be a bit quicker than that. But may- maybe that's why. But Jody Morris certainly didn't, because con- he was asked again as a follow-up. He didn't really commit either way to... Well, would you normally want that to have been started? And he kind of didn't say yes or no, which would lead me to be, believe the answer is yes, because if it was no, he he could very easily say that. But um, he's, he didn't confirm if that was definitely something that should have happened. You can imagine my shock, because I've been sat here for months waiting for updates on Jordan Lydon and Rob Hunt. And then I, I look at footage from a, from celebrations in Kent, and I see them wearing a... a uh, red shirts elsewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm outraged. We never did get that closure. Yeah, we never got the the end to that sort of. What, what was the wording they used with Hunt? Still in talks. With, still in talks. Um, in, in many ways, we could still be in in talks with, with Rob Hunt. They never said that they ended. Jordan Light still rehabilitating in our uh, medical room. Yeah, many fans will argue that they're League Two players. So who knows? It could have been just a, a nice little trip to London for a year for them, and they'll they'll return next season. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me! Um, was there anything else on the trend on recruitment that we needed to cover? Um, the only other detail is probably Marcel Lavinia, where um I, I, he, he, he didn't really say exactly what it was it sounded a bit confused he's, he's essentially confirmed he will be a Swindon player next year he's another whose contract isn't actually confirmed anywhere because none of the deadline day players it, it did their press release say the length of the deal and his also isn't on Transomark and everywhere else I've tried to look for it as I've tried to find out whatever where everyone is with contracts um but he essentially said that the club either have still have or had an option to extend him and he is going to be a Swindon player next year. I don't know if that's a two-year with a third-year option or it was a one-year with a second-year option. That wasn't completely clear. I, I might have listened a bit wrong, but um, so Marcel Lavinia will be a Swindon player next season is the long and short of it. Don't mind that at all. Good. Right, back to Wimbledon. Um, absolutely livid with myself that I went two nil-nils in a row before Barrow and then went with a 3-1. Absolutely fuming with myself, but I'm going to keep the vibe train chugging along and say 2-1 Swindon. I was just, just before you said that, I was, th- I was thinking I was going 2-1, but I'll, I'll switch up and say, I'm going to say a third clean sheet in a row, 2-0 to Swindon. Roll on Ooh. the Wimbledon victory. Oh, a, a treat for the London Reds, the the mighty travelling Reds and everyone in between. Here's hoping for a second win. Two on the bounce. Lovely stuff. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich.
The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, bubble. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.